0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Mortgages AF Podcast. Uh, I'm Mark, founder of Albion Forest Mortgages, and today I'm joined by Stuart. Good morning. Hi, Stuart. And today we're discussing joint borrower sole proprietor mortgages, uh, which I'm personally a massive fan of. I really like them. Um, we do a lot of them at Albion Forest, and they are really handy for first-time buyers to get on to the property ladder. So yeah, we're going to have a chat about them. Uh, how Have you... What do you think about joint borrower Operator Mortgage mortgages, Stuart?
1: Um, I think they're going to become more prominent, actually, going forward. Um, there's a lot, you know, property price has been going up. Um, I know we're in a, a, a funny time at the moment, but, you know, properties are not going to get much cheaper. And um, I think it's a great way for people to get support to get their foot on a ladder. So, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's exactly what they're for, people to get their foot on the ladder. Um, But yeah, why don't we go through, we're going to go through some of the pros and cons of the uh, joint borrower sole proprietor scheme and uh, our frequently asked questions. So I think the first one and probably most important is uh, what is a joint borrower sole proprietor mortgage?
1: Well, I suppose I sort of almost led into it when I was saying a second ago, but uh, it's a type of mortgage where a parent, a guardian, uh, someone in the family or maybe even a close family friend uh, can help someone get their uh, foot on the ladder on the property ladder for the first time um, because they can uh, uh, use their income uh, to support the person who's looking to get a mortgage um, to to help, you know, increase the financial input into a new property.
0: Yeah, I think that's exactly it. So um, yeah, it, it lets you borrow more. Um, so you can use mum or dads, or like you said, uh, sort of. There's a, a range of different people you could use to allow you to borrow more on your property early on. Um, a lot of them want to see an exit plan, so a lot of them want to have a long term plan. So. Um, you're talking generally, they, they like people to be at the start of a career, for example. So you know you're going to have clear progression in your career and you're going to go up the pay scales and get paid more over time. That happens naturally. And then a um, lot of lenders will ask to not necessarily see evidence of that, but just to have a conversation about it, to know that um, you've spoken about it with your broker and there's a there's a plan for the the person that doesn't own the property to come off the mortgage at some point. Um, that's probably something we should talk about first, actually, is um, we're going to be using it a lot today, but non-proprietor is such a weird way of... Uh, it's such a, an odd thing to say, non-proprietor. It's not a normal word that you hear every day. Um, so what does non-proprietor mean? Well,
1: it is similar to a, a scheme that used to be out years ago. We used to have something that was a, called a guarantor mortgage. Um, so it, it's, it's someone um, who will... Help can help financially, um, and if uh, payments um, for whatever reason got missed or whatever, that person would step in and they would be responsible for that. But they don't actually own the property; their name's not on the title deed. That is that just the sole um, name uh, of of the person who's going to be living in that property, Um, because that person needs to live in the property. Whereas uh, the people who've come in uh you know as joint purchasers for instance uh don't have to have that commitment
0: yeah exactly so you've got the um the, the joint borrower so you're both liable for the mortgage or, or more than two people potentially we'll talk about that a bit more in a bit but um uh but the non-proprietor just means you're, you're not a home not the homeowner not the owner of the home so yeah i think um I think it's uh, interesting you mentioned guarantor then as well. Um, A lot of people, if they're renting, they might have heard of guarantors before because it's quite big in the renting world, having a guarantor, someone that will guarantee that you'll pay the rent. Um, It was the same thing with mortgages. They would guarantee that, that, um, that the mortgage would get paid and if you didn't pay it, they would pay it, uh, and ultimately be responsible for it. And I think it's the same kind of thing with joint borrower sole proprietor. To some extent, um, you're you're both liable for the mortgage, but only one of you's responsible for the house, which is a very odd situation that you don't get in any, as far as I know, any other um, situation of of home home ownership.
1: Yeah, I, I some of that, Mark. I, I mean, um, I, I mean, you can have up to with with some lenders, you can have up to four applicants. Yeah, so. You know, it doesn't have to be just a guarantor. It's not a guarantor, by the way, but, you know, not just one. But you could incorporate up to, a, you know, up to another three people uh, as well as the person who's going to live in that property. So, you know, yeah. it really does give some really good, envi- uh, uh, you know, support to people when they're looking to lend.
0: Absolutely. And um, the 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 thing about it is that you're absolutely right you can have three people so if you were uh, one person so you could then have mom dad and uncle for example potentially on yeah. your mortgage to bolster the amount you can afford to borrow and yeah. take from you know borrowing based on your salary which could be say twenty thousand. and wow. you could then use all of their income as well to subsidize yours and borrow a lot more and i think it's a perfect way for people to get on the property ladder earlier um, rather than having to wait until they're older to get on the property ladder and then uh, and, and earning more, you can do it sooner as long as you can afford the, the monthly payments. And that's the main thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, one, one other thing to point out on it uh, is, you know, with, with the people who are going to come onto this type of mortgage, um, their existing commitments and uh, loans, everything, what they've got themselves will be taken into account. Yeah. So, so if if you've got a parent who's got an income of say 40 or 50,000 they won't necessarily be able to use the whole 40 or 50,000 against the income for multipliers um but, but they will uh, be able to use whatever balance is left over once their their existing commitments have been measured
0: yeah yeah um, and that's exactly it isn't it so uh, existing commitments in everything from sort of their own mortgage if they've still got one to yeah um their their higher purchase agreement on their cars um if they've got a kitchen on finance anything like that is going to all count towards the affordability um, and yeah. so you're not just taking on their income you're also taking on their commitments for affordability purposes so you're absolutely right yeah,
1: yeah and the joint borrowers would also have to pass a credit check as well
0: yeah that's important and it's going to be logged on their credit file as well so that's important for them to know is that um when you when they take out the mortgage they are liable for the mortgage it goes on their credit file the same way a normal mortgage would and they uh, you, it will affect their credit rating potentially to some extent
1: yeah this is not a reason not to do it by the way it's just like <laughs> because it is a fantastic scheme it's just a case of like people need to just be aware of those sort of things
0: yeah. And I think um, one of the things that I know we were talking about before is the fact that um, they do have to be aware of a lot of things. So firstly, the mortgage broker will likely talk to them about um, about about the implications of it, but also they have to get independent legal advice. So they have to speak to a solicitor who will explain everything to them and uh, and they will have to sign something to say they've had it explained to them. And that's... Um, that's standard with well as far as i know all joint borrower sold prior to mortgages they have to get that uh that independent legal advice
1: yeah that's correct
0: um okay cool so the the sort of the next thing who can get a joint borrower sold prior to mortgage now this is one that we get asked a lot who can, who can get a joint borrower sold prior to mortgage but i think the the answer is just anyone really there's not really a a, a limit on who can get uh, who can be the the proprietor, as it were, on a um, the homeowner on a on a joint borrower sold proprietor mortgage? Would you say that's probably about right?
1: Yeah, that that's spot on. Yeah, that, that's the case. I mean, there's even now um, that there's a, a type of mortgage out there which is like a reversed joint borrower sold proprietor mortgage, uh, and sometimes this is uh, for people might it may be maybe like a total flip to help the parent. Uh, and I know we're not going to speak to that today. But it just shows you it doesn't have to be you know always like the very young people are can do this it could be anybody
0: yeah absolutely yeah so i mean we often uh especially when i'm talking to clients and things uh, i'll often talk about it in frames of um, parents helping children to buy properties just because that's the most common thing we see we often see parents using their uh, income to subsidize the children's income in order to, to borrow on it but um uh, it does work the other way. So you might yeah. have children that um, that live with parents, for example, that want to use their income to help parents get a mortgage, or even um, children that don't live with their parents that have a good income, that and the parents are older and maybe winding down their careers, or even they've retired early and they are just using the children's income to subsidize it on a shorter term basis, um, and that's that's becoming common as well. Yeah. Um okay so uh, we talked about who can be the uh who can be the so the proprietor so the homeowner uh who can be the uh non-proprietor the non-homeowner
1: well i think i probably tried to cover that a little bit earlier on in, in the fact that you know this could be it has to be someone who's close to you uh, I mean, most people think it's got to be a parent or a brother or a sister which are all legitimate people to do it but you know, you could have a, a close family friend. Um, you, you know, it, it's it's quite wide open, um, to interpretation of who you want. But uh, of course, it needs to be someone who's totally aware uh, of the commitment they they're giving on paper and, and legally.
0: Yeah, um, I think it's worth mentioning as well that it will vary depending on which lender you go to. So there are, we'll talk maybe a bit more about lenders later on, but. There are lots of lenders that do joint borrower sole proprietor and they're not all created equal. Some will only allow immediate family to do it. So some will only allow parents, brothers, sisters. Um, Others will allow a bit broader scope. So you might get grandparents, uncles and aunties. And then some even broader still, you might get um, that, that close family friend that you call Uncle Dave. But he's not actually related to you by blood, and uh, and things like that. They they're going to allow that um, sisters in law, brothers in law, things like that. Um, they're going to be a bit broader. So it very much depends on the lender you go for. Um, Is one of these things? We, of course, as brokers, we're always going to say go speak to a broker for any mortgage. But I think with joint borrowers or proprietor, it's so much more important to speak to a good broker because it's so complicated. There's so many lenders that do it and they all, every single one of them have different criteria.
1: Yes. That's exactly the case. That's
0: exactly the case. And yeah, I think that's, that's really important. Um, One thing that I did want to talk about particularly is the term of the mortgage. Now, uh, term of the mortgage is generally based on the, uh, the maximum term on the mortgage, should I say, is generally based on the youngest person on the mortgages. Uh, sorry, the oldest person on the mortgages' age. Yeah. Um, with joint borrower or proprietor, you're often going to have someone that is, say, fifties, sixties, or even older than that. Which means that you 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 quite often going to be limited on your term. Do you think? Yeah,
1: yeah that's true. And, and you know, I suppose in in short term, then. Uh, in times when you're you're needing these people's income to support where you are, uh, because the mortgage is on a shorter term, it means that your monthly costs will be higher. Um, because invariably, um, you're going to be in a position where you may only be in a mortgage that might be twenty years long, uh, or maybe less than that, and sometimes depending on the age of the person, maybe a bit longer. I mean, the the normal age a mortgage will go up to is somewhere between the ages of 75 and 80 depending on the lender um, not everybody's the same there's different criteria as you mentioned earlier um, so if you had someone in their early 50s that could run a mortgage of 75 or, or 80s it may be that you could get maybe a 25-year mortgage Um, If you had someone uh, 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 who's going to support you who was in their 60s, then it could be a 15 to 20 year mortgage. So, um, yeah, every case is going to be different. Um, But again, that's the reason why you probably want to see a broker, because the broker will know the best place uh, to look at for you.
0: Yeah. And there are things, you mentioned something there that, um, to be honest, I hadn't even occurred to me to talk about, but um, is, it's really good to talk about, is that um, the the shorter term means the higher monthly payment. So yeah. uh, this is another thing where a lot of lenders will say that you need to have an, an exit plan for five years. So yeah. if you take out a joint borrower sold proprietor product, um, what's the plan over the next five years for you to be able to afford that mortgage on your own? And um, you don't necessarily need to have one, but it will be a much stronger case for a lender if you've got a, a plan of you'll be able to afford the mortgage on your own because you're a newly qualified professional and your income will dramatically increase over those five years. Or you're, um, you've got a partner who's just gone self-employed, so we can't use their income right now. But in two years' time, we'll be able to use that income for their affordability on their own and things like that. So there are lots of reasons to use joint borrower sole proprietor to bolster that income um, in the uh, in in the short term, but they want to see that that five year plan. Usually, quite often with lenders, and um, if you've got a shorter term of fifteen to twenty years instead of thirty or thirty five years, the monthly payments are going to be much much higher. <clears throat>
1: yeah,
0: which is uh, there are things you can do about that. The, some lenders will allow you to put some of the um, mortgage on interest only for those few years, which means that instead of paying, bring the balance down. You're actually balance is going to stay the same for those few years, but Long term, you can uh, you can change it to a repayment later on, but you need to still have a repayment plan for that that chunk that you want to be interest only to bring those payments down. So there needs to be a, a way of of paying that back at some point. Um, yeah, I think that's that's all really good. There are lenders that will go; uh, they'll sort of almost ignore the older person's age. Uh, they are probably well; they definitely are going to want to see a plan of what you are going to what your your plan is to afford the mortgage on your own because if they're going to ignore the age of the older person uh and do the mortgage based on the youngest person's age then they they're going to need to have a plan in place for you to get off of that uh off of that that joint borrower sole proprietor mortgage onto a standard mortgage
1: more often more often than not mark that will probably be on the reversed joint borrower sole proprietor mortgage um that that's probably more often the case of where that will be because it could be that the parent or the older life is actually living in that property, um, and they want to see that the the younger person who's got the commitment on there is, is progressing in a way, um, that that they you know they will be able to take that over should it need to be,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, um. Which brings us on to lenders. We've talked about lenders quite a bit and the fact that they've all got different criteria. And um, w- one of the questions we're often asked is, who, who you know, which lenders do joint borrowers sole proprietor? And there are going to be articles all over the internet which will list them. But the, it changes constantly. Different lenders will enter the joint borrowers sole proprietor oh. market, they will leave the joint borrowers sole proprietor market. So I can't sit here and go, these are the ones that you need to speak to. Blah, 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 blah. So, uh, that there's no there's no real benefit to anyone to do that and the uh, they all have different criteria so there's there's no set me saying you go to the everyone should go to this lender first because every single case is different and every single case we do with joint borrowers operator proprietor is going to go to a different lender almost i mean uh, it depends on the personal situation but it it's the the different lenders involved all have their own Quirks; they all have their own criteria that benefits certain people, and it, it, it's very much a, um, a, a there's a best fit for each individual case. Yeah,
1: yeah, and, and uh, although uh, some, many and some of these lenders will be uh, lenders that you've heard the name of in the, in the past, it might not always be the big high street lenders. Um, yeah. So. You know, but you know, there's there's a good variety of lenders out there who work within the parameters of joint boris operator.
0: Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Um, I I would say even probably uh, the majority of them are probably lenders that you've not heard of. It doesn't necessarily mean worse rates, but yep. um, they are quite often the uh, building societies rather than the big high street high street brands. But some yep. of the high street brands are up there. Um. Okay, so what income can be used? So this is one that um, we do get asked. What income can they use? And uh, this is a tough one again because I, f- I find we're saying this almost to every question. <laughs> but um, it depends on the lender ultimately what income can be used. But basically, it's pretty much any income can be used as long as there's it's you know it's declared to the government and things like that. So uh, it it's it's a case of well. Depending on the income you want to, to use, there's probably a lender that will use it. So even things like maintenance payments or benefits payments, um, obviously you've got the standard things like employed income and self-employed income, but like any form of income it potentially could be used for joint borrower sole proprietor. And I quite often find when I'm doing joint borrower sole proprietor cases that um, we're looking at pension, we're looking at investments, we're looking at... Um, uh, income from employment and benefits and maintenance everything gets piled in and um, we're basically just trying to work out how much of that income can we use
1: yeah exactly and the biggest one um, you know especially when uh, you're going to get a parent maybe um, supporting a, a child in this um, could could well be around pension uh, and people don't realize you know that that can be used. You know, if you're drawing a company or even a government pension now, um, you can use that to, to support as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the pension, um, pension income's probably the most common that we use for the, um, uh, for the non-proprietor, for the non-homeowner, because generally they are a retired person quite often in their 60s, 70s, and, uh, and they're drawing on that state pension or that personal pension. And, yeah. um and yeah, that's, that's the most common income we use other than obviously the employed income. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the deposit, I think this is an, another one that gets a, uh, a possibly a bad reputation So, um, how much deposit do the people actually need to do the joint borrower sole proprietor scheme?
1: Well, that, that depends on the loan to value of your mortgage. Um, so, I mean, you can you can get these up to 95% with certain lenders. Um, it, it will vary, but, you know, you need to be looking at a minimum, a very minimum of 5% of whatever the, of whatever the purchase price of the property is. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: yeah. So, uh, um, but, you know, we, we do tend to find that maybe if, it, if it's a parent or someone close, some people may be gifting deposits as well, which really, really would help out. Um, the person who's going to be on on, on
0: the deeds, absolutely, and um, I think that's uh, that's yeah. I mean, gifted deposits really common now, um, yeah. and as you say, I think quite often we'll get the the same parent that's going to go on for affordability is also gifting the deposit for the uh, for the mortgage, and it does count as a gift yeah. because whilst they're going on the mortgage for affordability, they are still giving it to the person that's buying the property. So that's really common as well. And, uh, as you say, 5% is generally the minimum, um, deposit required. Some lenders are going to require more. I was, I was quietly snickering while you were talking about it because, um, it, it was another thing where we just have to say, well, it depends on the lender. Uh, different <laughs> lenders have different criteria, right? And uh, every time, every time we say it, like every question we get, it's just the answer is it depends on the lender. And, um, we could just say that for every question. I mean, we could have been done like a quarter of an hour ago. But uh, the, the yeah, they, depending on the lender, some lenders will let you do it with 5%. Some are going to need more, like 10 or 20%. And um, there are even some that it depends where you are in the country. So they only do joint borrower, sole proprietor for certain areas of the country, or they only do it at 5% deposit for certain areas of the country, just to limit the amount of business they get in because they're smaller, which is common as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, right, that's kind of most of the questions done. Um, the, the other ones that I've got for you, sure, are um, what, if someone's got bad credit, can they still do the joint borrower?
1: It's becoming increasingly difficult um, with people with bad credit to do that. It doesn't mean that we can't, and it doesn't mean we can't search uh, to see whether there's a lender out there, but it could really impact um, whether you'd be eligible or not to do this um and and i suppose this will probably lead back to deposits again um because if someone who hasn't got the best credit history but a lender may look at it it may be that you'll need maybe a 25 percent deposit or more Um, but but generally depending on what the reason um for the credit issues are it may well be that that person may not be able to support this, um, but there's for for every negative there's a positive, and so then there may yeah. well be. But it's uh yeah, it is a bit of an unknown area where, until we know what the what the reasons and that form are.
0: Yeah, I think. Um... It's, you, you were answering it there and I was thinking exactly the same thing that I've been thinking to every question that I've just talked about. It depends on the lender and it depends on <laughs> it, it depends on uh, how bad it is. So bad credit I usually find comes down to a few different things it's um, how much it was for, when it was, uh, what it was for and whether it's paid off now. So if is it a, a CCJ for a parking ticket that was five years ago and for 50 quid then it's it's probably going to be less of an issue than if you've defaulted on a secured loan last year yeah. and uh like it it always depends so it's one of those things uh, go speak to your mortgage broker, they will be able to tell you whether it's possible with whatever bad credit you've got
1: well um, just 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 on that and this is not part of what we are talking about, but just on that um one of the one of the big issues at times with people. It is credit on things that are really quite small. Uh, and if I could give anybody a piece of advice is, if you're in dispute uh, over, over a bill for £50 on a mobile phone um, or, or something fairly insignificant for a small son, um, it, instead of becoming a bit bloody-minded on it and thinking, I'm not going to pay this, uh, and you can go and sort it out, uh, the one bit of advice I would say to people is, If it's a small amount, uh, 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 it is fairly insignificant. It is to pay that uh, and then dispute it because what you don't want for for small amounts is is defaults, mispayments, CCJs coming up on your credit check. Uh, uh, And sometimes, although our emotion will be saying it's not mine, I'm not paying it, there's no reason why you can't still dispute that or try and sort that out once you've settled that part.
0: Yeah, I think that that's pretty spot on. The amount of people we see, and they've got this tiny default or tiny CCJ for £40, £50, £60, this kind of thing, where it's the the last payment on a mobile phone bill, or yeah. it's the it's a parking ticket that they didn't think they deserved, and and or they didn't even know about quite often. And um, like of TV,
1: broadband, yeah. all that yeah. sort of stuff.
0: And and it happens a lot. And um and people should just uh just just tell your broker if you've got it already. Uh, as you say, if it hasn't happened yet, just pay it, and then you can try and get your money back afterwards. But it's going to be much worse for you if you don't pay it, and it ends up being a, a blip on the credit file. Then, yeah. Uh, right, last thing I wanted to ask you about was the pros and cons. What are the pros and cons of joint borosol proprietor? Um, I personally don't think there are any real cons as such. Uh, I think uh, there are some things that are that you should be aware of more than, than anything. But, um, but what would you say are the pros and cons? Well, <clears throat>
1: we've probably covered a lot of the pros already. Uh, in the fact that it, it does support your lending power, it does allow you to buy a property you might not have been affordable or couldn't get on the ladder. One of the things we haven't um, covered, actually, uh, is is the stamp duty. Oh. Um, because, you know, if you're a first-time buyer, for instance, um, you know, you're still going to keep your first-time buyer status and there won't be implications to the other parties on the mortgage. Um which is a really big thing. It's a really big pro for, for all within this um, because if it was without this type of mortgage, if this was a parent or someone trying to uh, give support to someone to get on the ladder, it may class in for, for the person who, who's giving the support as a second home if they've already got a mortgage. Yeah. Um, and there could be implications to stamp duty all over the place with that. So with, with this type of mortgage, there are no implications. So that's a really big pro uh, as far yeah, as this goes.
0: I think, uh, yeah, um, I hadn't, you hadn't uh, even so, heard me to talk about that.
1: But, you know, there, there, there's lots of, of pros in there. Uh, and, and the big thing, I suppose, is it allows people to support someone to get onto a ladder when they probably couldn't have gone that ladder on their own. Um, flip side to that is... It is, if there is any type of contact, there could just be literally the length of the mortgage because it could make mm. it a bit more expensive. The person who's coming on needs to take some financial advice. Um, and I suppose the other things I've just mentioned, which is not really a pro or a con, is this can't be used with shared ownership. Yes. Uh,
0: um, yeah. That's another thing I hadn't
1: thought to mention. Yeah. So this has to be, you know, just on a traditional mortgage.
0: Yeah, I don't know about the other schemes that are out there. Uh, I don't see why you couldn't use it on a new build home as long as you weren't doing a, um, a, a shared ownership mortgage. Uh, and I have never come across the first home scheme, but uh, not not for joint borrowers or proprietor. There's just not enough houses on the scheme for it to have come up yet. But uh, I imagine it would be the same because of the uh, the nature of the scheme. Yeah. The... when it was available you couldn't use it on help to
1: buy either by the way
0: yeah yeah so i i would imagine due to the nature of the other schemes that are available that you can't use it on those either but um but yeah i think the the main pros we've got are you can borrow more like way more quite often than you would be able to borrow on your own uh you can uh, do a potentially do a mortgage depending on the lender over uh, up to the age of say 80 on the oldest applicant or even older, potentially, depending on the income that they're using and their sort of age at the moment, and uh, and all that kind of thing. Some lenders will ignore the older person, the non-proprietors' age entirely. Uh, so there, there are lots of pros there, and you can change some of the mortgage to interest only if you need to. Um, the cons, yeah, I I, don't, I just can't think of a con. I can't think of a, a negative really that uh, that to the scheme. Uh, I think. In terms of the schemes available at the moment for for mortgages and for home ownership and for getting on the property ladder now help to buy is gone. There isn't really one that's better in my opinion. Um, that is a personal opinion, but I, I would say the joint borrower sole provider scheme is a brilliant way to get first-time buyers on the ladder, uh, especially if they've got a clear progression coming up. like they're going self-employed and they need the extra income until their self-employed income kicks in and after two years or they just uh, are at the start of a career or something like that.
1: And the other other thing, Martin, I know you've you've covered it in in various different ways, um, but, you know, even this doesn't have to be forever. This is, you know, when, when you're in a position to take this on by yourself and you're renewing your mortgage or wherever that time will be, um, if you're restricted in the initial period to the old, to the oldest life and the term that you can have this mortgage for, this can be expanded when you can do this in your own right. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, in, in five years' time, two years' time, whatever that period is, if your circumstances are changed and you can take this mortgage on on your own now, um, then you can do that and you can extend the term of the mortgage if you want, which would lower the payment, much mortgage payments.
0: Yeah. So. Um, so. Yeah. Exactly. That. It's. Uh, it's. A mortgage can be changed at a later date. So you can take people off. You can. Uh, you can extend the term. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, did you have anything else you wanted to say about joint borrowers' operator?
1: I don't think so. I think we've. Uh, yeah. I think we've
0: covered it. We have chatted a lot longer than. than... Uh, the, the, as always, we we had a lot more to say than uh, than I predicted, but uh, I think we've covered off everything anyone could possibly want to know or need to know about joint borrower sole proprietor and how it can help them get on the uh, get on the property ladder. Um, yeah, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of uh, the Mortgages AF podcast. Uh, thanks for helping me out, Stu, as always. Pleasure, yeah, pleasure. Thanks everyone. And uh, yeah, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers. Take care. Bye bye. Bye-bye, né? Bye bye.